this is darker days new little spin-off darkling series called gossip ghouls. generally the outline of this show is to look at horror media in a more general way so we can be agnostic of our favorite roleplay game in the world of darkness setting and really just look at explore horror in all of its ways and maybe how it intersects with various other issues whatever they may be how they come up naturally in the show i have no idea so if you have any questions based on the show or anything else obviously you can contact us at darkerdaysradio at gmail.com come to our facebook come to our google plus come to our tumblr we do have a tumblr i just need to update more stuff there and it's now an appropriate point to introduce the fact that I am one of your hosts, it's Chris, who's from the main show, and I am joined by, I will introduce first, Michelle, who is um, a previous co-host on the Wadcast, when that was going, before World of Darkness Online died, so hello Michelle from uh, America. Uh, from Marietta, Georgia, and may it rest in peace. Yes. I screwed that up. <laughs> it doesn't matter. Well, I'll figure out something in the edit. We'll see how this goes. And of course, I'm joined by, because she's physically in the room with me, uh, Sam. Hello. And, um, yeah, so Sam's been on a few Darker Days episodes. I think we did. I've been on two. We did the one which was Darker Days, Darkling Chronicle Design, getting the pack together and why you need to kick people out of your group mm-hmm. and dealing with dark issues in your games. Oh, what was the other one we brought you on for? Um, it was something a little more recent, but I but I can't remember. Oh, it was Paris. It had the secret frequency was Paris and Alchemy. I remember. Oh yeah, I do. I and do. it was something else. <laughs> nah, well, I'll find it. I'll go in the show notes. Um, yeah. Uh, so we'll have different topics that'll come up each week. If people want to know your opinions on stuff, they can email us. And I think the best way to get into this is. We're going to start with uh, the classic, what made us weird? Um, who wants to go first on this? Because I'm not. I'm not running the show. I'm just recording the show. I was going to say, you're not weird? I'm, I'm certainly weird, but I'm not, I, I'm not in charge. No, I, this is it. So uh, I'll say quite now. Uh, you want to go first, Sam? Um, okay. Um, I think uh, my first experience with horror when I was little, I remember... I remember being really afraid of Dracula, but it was Dracula was kind of an abstract concept to me. Um, I hadn't actually seen a movie with Dracula or anything. I just sort of knew he was a bad guy and that he was going to come and get me. I didn't really sleep very well as a child, and I was scared of the dark and things. Um, I think I think I started to get more interested in horror when I was a little bit older and um, I remember being about seven years old and I was staying over at my father's house um, having a sleepover there with my brother and uh, we were watching a movie I think the movie was actually Ace Ventura <laughs> that's that's oh, not a horror God. movie but um, I was gonna say. <laughs> well it depends on your opinion I guess uh, but I was a really big Jim Carrey fan, so we watched that, and I didn't really get most of the jokes in Ace Ventura, obviously. But <laughs> back then, obviously, you had VHS tapes, and the movie was recorded from the TV on a VHS tape, and uh, when a v- VHS tape would go to the end, it would rewind itself. It would stop and rewind, and then the TV would go to whatever channel it defaulted to. Anyway, my father and my brother had fallen asleep, 
and uh, the movie stopped and the tape went to the end and the channel that it defaulted to when it stopped uh, I think it was Channel 4 and I think they were showing a Hammer horror movie uh, I don't know which one because there's so many and it might not even be a Hammer horror I just think it looked like one and I remember there being a really beautiful female vampire in this you know flowing nightgown and and um, like a crucifix burned into a hand when the hunter arrived and stuff and that just really it kind of stuck with me and I just I really remember it so many years later even though I've never seen that film again and I don't know what it is um, that sort of started me on this path to finding dark stuff interesting I guess um, uh, even later on, I think I was about uh, 12 when I saw Interview with the Vampire and From Dust Till Dawn. Those were my first two big vampire movies, which I really enjoyed, although I was a little bit young for them, I guess. Um, I read uh, Anne Rice's Interview with the Vampire when I was 14 over the space of four days, and I was just really obsessed with it. At the time, I'd also started watching Buffy, which I'm still obsessed with and that was pretty much it i was really into vampires so my my gateway into horror was vampires pretty much <laughs> cool very cool have a horror is good okay um i guess it's my turn um yeah. well, I'm, gonna start out, I'm gonna start out with uh it's blame britain for why i'm weird i was actually born during the fourth episode of the key to time arc of doctor who during the U.S. premiere in America. Uh, <laughs> so, literally, it was like day one I was doomed to be weird. Um, growing up, my mom has a huge obsession with Halloween. Um, so, and horror movies in general. So, we'd watch Nosferatu. Um, I watched a lot of the old black and white movies growing up. Uh, Abbott and Costello Meet the Wolfman. Um, I was a huge Abbott and Costello fan because I kept getting exposed to these old movies, etc. Um, and, uh, you know, the original Psycho, etc. But I was exposed to it at a young age, and I really wasn't ever scared of it. I found it interesting. Um, and just kind of as I grew up, etc., during middle school, um, my definition of horror was dealing with the popular kids. Uh, <laughs> rather than this, those worlds seem just so much more fun and interesting. Um, as I got into high school, um, I started getting into pen and paper role-playing games. Uh, I was a straight-out nerd. Um, and what happened was, in high school, is I started playing uh, Werewolf with some friends at the table, and I do not remember much of that game. But what I do remember is going to a used bookstore and tripping over a weird marble book at probably the lowest point in my time and it was pretty so i bought it for like four bucks and took it home and read it and it was vampire the masquerade um and that really started my kind of obsession with um horror and the darker side of things especially with vampire the masquerade's focus on chicago where i was from and moved into kind of the dark history of the like of reality rather than fantasy and how those can interact i actually Really, really would like to eventually do this one horror game I designed that my entire goal of it was to make pink absolutely terrifying. <laughs> um, <laughs> it's a Rococo punk uh, horror game where you play as a 12-year-old girl who's been drugged. Um, so everything's kind of that sickly pastel and things like that. Uh, <laughs> but 
that's that, that was really the turning point for me was finding Vampire the Masquerade. Like, I had loved horror, etc., but I never realized just how much you could create horror and have it be so cool. Um, to be honest, I've never really been scared of anything except for those damn stupid monoliths from 2001 Space Odyssey. I do not know why. It does not make sense. But they horrified me as a kid to the point of tears and I'd have nightmares. They weren't even, like, legit scary. Like, they didn't fall on me or anything like that. They just sat there and it terrified me. <laughs> it is the saddest thing. I was terrified of the monoliths and for no goddamn reason that's good. Um, but yeah, I like if it's nerdy and like horror gets really nerdy, I have friends who do uh special effects for horror movies. Um I've my my friend dress is I I hung out with some of the people who've worked on Kitty Zombie. Uh, and being in Atlanta now, you have all the, like, Walking Dead stuff, etc. I never really got into the Walking Dead, but I do have a decent collection of, like, old-school horror comics. Um, but, yeah, it's, for me, what made me weird is, I, I'm gonna blame Doctor Who just because I was born during an episode of it. <laughs> <laughs> oh, right. Um, oh, at least it's classic Doctor Who, you know. It has to be classic Fourth Doctor Who. Doctor Fourth Doctor or Get Out, though I am really, really excited about the new Doctor. I yeah, well, let's be honest. I mean, at least, he, unfortunately, he's not going to complain about, you know, the hairdresser would... He's, would... he's not, he's not going to swear a lot. No. I just Shame. want him to, all he has to say is fuck it he wants and he will be my favourite. <laughs> <laughs> they'll never get away with doing that for a special one. I, I know like, they won't, but I, he, he, he can be dressed in the outfit, it can be an outtake, and he can say fuck it he, and he will be, I, he doesn't even have to be like in the show saying it, just in costume say it once. <laughs> be I'm, I'm sure skin. people will edit videos. <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> <laughs> totally. <laughs> yeah. yeah. That's gonna happen, but I was like, I as soon as I saw the Doc Martens, like the old school, like punk kind of look, I was like, oh yes, this is going to be my doctor. I will totally be rule 63-ing this. Ah, <laughs> uh, what made me weird? Um, my earliest horror memory is the egg chamber in Alien, which is horrific if you think about how old I am. When that film came out, which means I can't have been more than... More than three at the time, so that is, and I had nightmares for ages about aliens. Why were you watching Alien when you? I no no no. <laughs> I, I walked into the living room for some reason. I'd woken up, walked in, and there was some guy's face getting suckered <laughs> off. And you know, let's be honest, there is uh because God rest his soul, Mr. Geiger, but he did design. He did design the facehuggers and the alien eggs in a, in a very particular way, which evokes primal horror, I feel. Um, which is all, and other related things to do with just body horror. So that's where it begins. And then other things, I guess, things that made me weird. Obviously, I've always been a geek, what with an innate love of Transformers. I mean, once you get into the sci-fi element, that brings in a horror part. And then where does it really start going weird from there? Um, Batman, I saw, I, I, I remember, I must have been, what, seven or eight, and it was after a karate tournament, and me and my friend were watched, uh, that, that evening then watched, uh, Batman on VHS, it was rented wait, out. Wait, wait, which one? The first one, <laughs> as in the Batman, Tim, uh, Tim Burton's Batman, 1989. 
Okay, that one is acceptable. I was about to say, if it was Batman and Robin, I was going to apologize. Uh, no, uh, America. <laughs> yeah, no, it was that that one. So that was again distinctly the most horrific part. I was obviously um, Jack Nicholson falling to the acid because that's just like. Uh, and then where do we go from there? Uh, obviously, Batman stuff, comic books. I then got an introduction to anime stuff via my cousin due to we were having to stay there. Uh, there was some death in a family, and so me and my sister were staying at my uh, aunt. No, it wasn't. No, not my aunt. It's my dad's cousin's wife. So kind of the other aunts um, who were nicer. And um, they uh, so. Her son uh, is the same age as my sister, and and went obviously went went to school together, and so I got my introduction to anime, and that was via Akira, um, and so I was well, what, ten. If we're, if we're talking about anime and other things besides horror, then this became a whole lot longer. You know? Yeah, I was just talking about horror, so yeah. <laughs> I'm, I'm just trying to give a time. So because yeah. I my I, I would say my horror introduction is maybe more from the sci-fi element. And then it slowly moved into other things because, like, well, I got into gaming, like war gaming, like 40k and all that stuff. And that has that's I think that's where the more standard horror comes in because it it grabs so many things. And once you do that, you're into D and D, and then into start, and then and then you eventually find in a magazine, a role play magazine, you find you know the top the top 50 RPGs of all time. And you go along the list, and at number four is Vampire the Masquerade. And I was like, oh, Vampire's cool. Buffy's on TV. I think I think I need to order this. God, Buffy. So I ordered this would be nineteen ninety six, ordered Vampire ninety seven. It would be ninety seven. Ordered the uh revised edition of Masquerade, turned up in the post, my mum looked at it and went, Oh that's pretty and uh that was the end of that and that was my start of horror roleplay and it hasn't ended since. It's funny, um, I was just thinking about Buffy, is that when I was into Buffy, I mean, I am into Buffy now, but when I was really heavily into it in high school, um, I got bullied for being into it um, when I was really obsessed, especially during seasons two and three. Uh, but by the time it got to, like, season five, it wasn't really a cult show anymore. It was, you know, it had its origins there, but... Um, it had sort of expanded into the mainstream because then everyone I knew was watching it around season five. Um, you know, people would, would come to school and say, wow, did you see Buffy on Friday? And I was like, you all used to make fun of me for liking this and now you're like super into it. So that made me a little bit of, you know, and like that kind of like, you know, foreshadowed sort of now when, you know, genre shows can transcend the genre and everyone watches them. Like, yeah. I mean, I, I don't watch Game of Thrones, but you know, you have that's an example, you know, like a lot of people watch Game of Thrones, but maybe they weren't into fantasy before or something like that. Or, you know, it's, it's, it's a much more acceptable genre sort of horror and fantasy, which is why you have so many shows that you know, say even 10 years ago, they wouldn't have got the green light to be on TV because people didn't think they would be successful. So, well, I mean, it's it's kind of, it's it's a bad thing because it's so saturated, but it's a good thing because it means you get more stuff to watch. Mm. And, you know, sometimes it's good, sometimes it's not so good, but, you know, there's a lot of horror out there now, which is great for people like me who love horror, so... <laughs> Well, I was also going to say, it's interesting you mentioned that specifically. Um, we've seen a shift 
in the way viewing is done too. Mm -hmm. Um, I will totally admit, or I will make everybody else on this program feel old. I graduated high school in 2007. Uh, <laughs> oh, shit. <laughs> I, I graduated in, well, graduated, you know, left school. It's not really the same in the UK. Um, I left school in 2002, so, and I was 16 then, so, yeah. And then I left school, well, I left having done A-levels, so I stayed on two years longer than what you did, so I left in 2001. Uh-huh. Yeah. Oh, wow. <laughs> I, well... Specifically, when we're looking at viewing habits changing, um, for the longest time, at least over here in America, I did not study how they do ratings in the UK, but I have a feeling it's similar. Um, the ratings are done with the Nielsen system, mm -hmm. which is they take a certain percentage, they put a box on your TV, you get a discount on your uh, cable, and they track what you watch. Um, and then they extrapolate for the population from there. Um what they've started doing is counting online viewership because people watch online, they record, and they didn't have a way to track that before they could track it because they would pick up the VCR as a person um, viewing the show because of the way it would have to be recorded. But with DVRs, et cetera, they don't do that anymore. Um, so now we're seeing more shows that otherwise would have been doomed to the Star Trek, the original Star Trek effect. Hmm. Um which the original Star Trek, what happened with that is um, it almost didn't make it to syndication um, because what people would do was they will go hang out at a friend's house and go watch Star Trek. Yeah, um, yeah. They'll yeah. do it as one person rather than the 12 people that were sitting in the room. Uh, <laughs> so you did not hit that syndication mark so you wouldn't see these shows ever again um, because the ratings weren't that high. Now, because of online viewership, you're seeing much more viewership over time. Things like Orange is the New Black, which has been... a breakout hit there, um, and other things. Uh, uh, brain fart for a second. Um, and also with the age of internet, etc. Like, me, I was a huge anime nerd in high school. Oh my god, so bad. Uh, like, my big thing was horror anime, though, but I had, like, the really, really, like, uh, cerebral... Like, what my... horror anime was that? Because I'm trying to think of some really old ones. I remember... Uh, dude, uh, Serial Experiments Lane starts out with the 12-year-old girls jumping off a roof committing suicide. Um, even, like, you get to the... I like the cerebral. I like even, like, Neon Genesis Evangelion. Um, oh my god, like, that is such a fucked up mental, like... <laughs> yeah. Like, I like those. Like, those actually still give me chills. Like, I, I can watch Saw. I can deal with that. I can deal with the normal <laughs> more porn horror movies. And, like, Psycho, it's... And I'm like, okay, that's cool. But when it's, like, one of those things that you're sitting there, and after you watch the entire thing, you can never watch it the same again, just because you know what's happening. <laughs> that, um, yeah. And you start picking things up. Um, like, I... Um, um, one of my favorite games for horror is fear, and not for the normal reason. Um, most people are like, oh, it's like a Doom clone shooter, blah, 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 blah. But when you get to the end, and spoiler for people who haven't played fear and actually care, but if you haven't played at this point, you're like way out of loop anyway. Um, <laughs> when you get to the end, it goes level one complete test subject pass. <laughs> And it fucks your entire head because that entire time you thought the little girl was the test subject and you're the fucking test subject. So when you play it again, you can't play it the same way. Like, you get things that you can only watch once because you'll never... When you watch it once, you never get that same experience again. Yeah. Like, you can't... I love those. Um, I think, Sam, you could say the same about another certain TV series recently on horror that way. 
Uh, which one? Uh, I'm thinking Hannibal. Oh, wow. Well, if you want to talk about Hannibal, I'm going to need a whole other show to talk about Hannibal. <laughs> yeah. I was going to say, I, I watch Hannibal too. That is a show on its own. <laughs> yeah, um, I think I think we can do a, a show on Hannibal. Um, I'm um, What I'm going to say today is that I'm very disappointed it didn't get nominated for any Emmys again, but I wasn't surprised because that's just how the Emmys work and they don't like Hannibal. So. They don't like it. Um. It's, it's, just, it's, it's because of the genre. Uh, it's really dark. There's there's a million different reasons. No, because I, they I love totally American Horror so. Story. Um, yeah, exactly. The problem, the problem is, is did you look at the Emmys this year? Yes, like, I did. Who's still in there? <laughs> Breaking Bad still in there. Big Bang Theory fucked. is always there, which is, which is dreadful. Which is dreadful, yeah. Uh, but oh. yeah, Breaking Bad is still there, and that mm-hmm. is a problem. Because until Breaking Bad is gone, Brian Cranston will walk out with everything for sneezing. Exactly. <laughs> um. And it's funny thinking that he used to be one of the kaiju in uh, Power Rangers. Power Rangers. <laughs> yes. <laughs> um, and I still love watching Breaking Bad and thinking this is what Malcolm's dad's really doing for work to pay for all of his kid <laughs> shenanigans. Yeah. <laughs> but uh. it, it's still in there. So And there's series that have ended now that are nominated um, and a bunch of ones that are in there that haven't been before. So Hannibal has a much different viewership, etc., but mm-hmm. it doesn't excel in compared to the other ones in the individual categories. As an overall show, it is a good, hard, like, contender for just, it's constant ratings, it's a good moneymaker for the network. Is Hannibal doing more successfully internationally? Um, I'm not yes. really, yeah, it's, it's, it's very, it's very popular in a lot of different countries, in European countries it's, it's really popular, so. Right, yeah. and, among, well, the other thing is you have to take into account, um, when it does popular in European countries, that means it's probably doing okay in America. <laughs> because yeah. the tastes of Americans are very, very different. Um, and, like, y- yes, you have the nerd population that will sit there and worship the ground Matt Smith walks on, but then you'll have the other population that goes, Who's Matt Smith? <laughs> or, uh... But it, think about it, this is still a country where Transformers did make the top three wow. in the box office and it was terrible <laughs> um, oh, films then if we're going to keep going with, with various things that kept that made us weird what would you say is we'll go with you Sam starting um favorite horror film my favorite horror film oh my god um <laughs> this is I, i'm probably gonna forget all the really important ones right now um can i name like a few <laughs> Okay, if you keep it short and sweet yeah, on each yeah, one, yeah. we'll go with three. Okay, okay, we'll go with all, three. First of all, Interview with the Vampire, because it's a classic, it's, it's beautiful, and it's just really well executed, and it, it was one of my first, so it's, yeah. Um, I think, uh, um, this is really difficult, actually. I'm trying not to pick all vampire movies. Well, have a, t- okay, you've given one. You can think for the yeah, next one. Yeah, and then you can go around, yeah. Uh, Michelle, you're... <laughs> Top one of um, top three of horror films. Number one is always Lost Boys. Um, yes, that's probably should be my second one. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Um, yeah, go on then. Well, uh, Lost Boys just—it's a classic, and it kind of is my attitude about things: is party all night, sleep all day, because <laughs> when you're working, you're usually asleep at least emotionally. Uh, <laughs> um, 
Nosferatu, of course. Um, the special effects in Nosferatu alone, um, because it was before a lot of modern materials that we use um, for special effects, making it that much more difficult. And um, they did an excellent job, especially taking account in time um, and kind of shaped our modern view of how certain classes of vampires should look with that. Um, and third is not a horror movie, but um, it's, I don't remember the exact title, but it's the one where Abbott and Costello with Dracula, the Wolfman, and Frankenstein. Oh, um, the, yeah, I think it's Abbott and Costello, I can't speak today. Abbott and Costello meet Frankenstein, that's it. Yeah, because it's one of those, they're all three in it, but the title only has one of them. And uh. I know it's not a horror movie per se, but it's just, it's funny. You have everybody in their classic role as the classic horror movie monsters. They're all together at once as themselves and then Abbott and Costello. So it's just bonus. Um, so though it is not a normal horror movie, it kind of brings together all the classic horror together. Um, though I am going to add a fourth because it kind of is there and that's American Psycho. Yes. Um, <laughs> is that your third, Sam, or will be your third? Oh, my, my third is quite controversial, so... <laughs> okay, go for it. Um, it's actually the Evil Dead remake, because oh. it's absolutely fantastic, and I don't care what anyone says. I know a lot of people really liked it, which is great, but other people didn't like it. I only saw the first Evil Dead um, about a month or so before I saw the remake because I wanted to see the first one first. And, you know, I'd, I'd seen loads of clips from it before. I pretty much knew what I was in for. And I expected a lot more from it, I think. And, and I think I think it was kind of... There was always a consensus that, oh, my God, this is so gory. Like, you're not going to believe how gory it is and how horrifying. And, and obviously, when you watch it, it's actually... You know, it is really funny. I mean, it's it's like it's like sometimes it's intentionally funny, but it's supposed to be a little bit scary as well. I was just laughing pretty much all the way through. When I saw the remake, I really loved what they did with the story mm. and the fact that it's you know a little bit darker and a little bit more serious. But you know, there are still moments where you can laugh a little bit. Um, you know, I, I love that they have a female protagonist. Instead of Ash, they have Mia. And uh, Jane Levy is so good mm. in that role. She's absolutely fantastic. Plus the fact that, you know, they didn't, you, you know, they didn't actually do all CGI. They just touched up with CGI, you know, because it would have been so easy for them to do some cheap, cheap CGI for that movie of the remake. And they didn't, they, they kept, you know, tradition, did all the prosthetics and it looks absolutely beautiful and gross and stuff at the same time. And, you know, I think there, there are a couple of issues I have with the film. It's not absolutely perfect, but I love watching it. I think, you know, since we got it on Blu-ray, like last October or something, we've watched it maybe five times or something because you know, you know, pretty much really? if pretty much Fuck. if if you ask me, oh let's put a horror movie on, which one do you want to watch? I will probably oh, say yeah, Evil Dead like 2013. Yeah, I feel I feel like watching that. I pretty much feel like watching it every month or so. That's wow. how I feel about it. So yeah, that's my third one. Oh, what am I three? I, I I will say mm. I have a dirty my, my dirty little my like I feel 
dirty and guilty admitting that I like watching it. Um, the remake of Fright Night because of David. <gasps> no, that's Hunter. fantastic. It's absolutely it's, great. It's, it's horrible it's, but fantastic yeah. at the same time because of McLovin in there. It's just because if you know the like, it's fantastic because it's hilarious due to the fact of the characters' other roles. Because I can't help but see it as McLovin is a vampire and the Doctor is a va- is a terrible vampire hunter. <laughs> Yeah, exactly. The thing is, oh, Fright Night, the, the remake, did so well at the box office, and um, everyone really liked it. And the thing is, we spent so long not watching it because, I mean, I'm not actually a huge fan of the original Fright Night. I think it's okay, but I'm not, I, I own it and everything, but I, I'm not a massive fan of it. I don't watch it a lot. It's kind of tedious, you know, it, it seems long when you watch it, you know, a little bit boring. But, like, you know, and we thought, you know, even though they were doing this flashy remake, I thought, am I going to like it? Even even though I like Colin Farrell, I like David Tennant and stuff. And uh, and when we finally watched, we were like, "That was amazing! I can't believe we we spent so long not watching that." Mm. And you know, we could have been watching it the whole time. And and it's really really great. So yeah, I love Fright Night. My I should do my three films yeah. um, in no particular order. Um, this is I'm gonna have to, I have to say because I mean like I say it. I like Alien. It's a horror film, but also, you know, I'm a horrible, horrible nerd in so many ways. And Alien is there because, obviously, for me, it it, it taps into the the horror of of science. Because I think that's something that's we bring up on Dark Days a few times. It's like I like stories where science reaches that point that you, that sometimes there's more horrible things it can create than than even the paranormal, and sometimes it's more disturbing. That something could exist that could be created that way, and also the alien is is a, a wonderful elements of body horror because it's a complete inversion and perversion of human biology in so many ways. There's so many metaphors in there that you can just go on for for hours about it, and then also because it's so it is so alien that it, it it's it's the science fiction kind of representation of like you know demonic possession and so forth because it's something. There's something horrific about, you know, something that you cannot uh, empathise or sympathise with or, or even really understand why it's doing things. It's just doing them. And, yeah, it's just great. So that's Good. Alien. Um, Fear of the unknown. Yeah, and space and, you know, space can't... It, it, it also, I guess it taps into the classic uh, uh, 2001 space, obviously the whole... The, the, sil- the, the silence of space, the drone of engines and all that stuff. Though I'm sure Aiden would be interested if you gave it really nice, you know, operatic music in the background. That would be really good. Um, another one, I'm going to have to go along with another favourite of mine, is Event Horizon. Uh, really? Because it's got some good actors in there. I really didn't like that movie. And I like a lot of the visuals in it. And I, again, I like the kind of overlap in that one, which is quite... Obvi- the, the obvious overlap between sci-fi and horror. And again, that un- that that reaching of the unknown and 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 just doing things that human humans shouldn't do we've overreached and kind of almost punished for our sins kind of thing and then final favorite horror film oh this is going to be bloody hard um oh my god there's so many there's so many i need to think i mean do I go with a vampire film? Is there a vampire film? I think you're going to say Blade, aren't you? <laughs> um, Blade is... Blade, oh, I'll say Blade. I'm not going to say it's in the top of them for, 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 for yeah, obvious yeah, yeah. critical cinematography, but it looks... It, I think it's... Again, it's one of those things like genre TV. It, it, the amount of people that love that film, and you, you think, like, 
And they're not into horror movies. Or comic books. Who's that? Who the yeah. fuck is yeah. you? Okay, here's the thing with Blade. Blade is not originally a comic book or... It's a, um, it's a sci-fi story, um, and it's literally, like, the story that it came from that my mind is blanking on, um, which is really bad because I'm embarrassed, um, because they beat me, beat that into me at, a wait, wait, no, I'm thinking Blade Runner. You're thinking Blade Runner? Oh, you're thinking, whoa, 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 yeah, we're, we're thinking, you're thinking Blade Runner. I'm really, you're, really... You're thinking Philip like, K. Dick and, and... I'm thinking Philip K. Dick right and now. And do Android's Dream of Sheep or whatever it is, or do yeah, Sheep Android's Dream of... Yeah, Android's Dream of Electric Sheep. <laughs> yeah. Do Sheep, do sheep electric... Dream of Androids? <laughs> Do they? I don't know. Do they? That would be an interesting. <laughs> no, no, so, I, I'm going so on vacation Monday. Give me a break. So yeah, with with um, so with Blade, yeah, like I'm saying, it 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 it's um, it's interesting where where it stands because if you look at like such a slow like superhero film everywhere, but again, that was like what 1996? 1998. 1998. Um, prosthetic kind of work going on in there mixed with CGI. It was quite early with some of its CGI work. Um, And also, it just had a good vibe, good music. It all kind of just worked together. It had iconic scenes. And I think may have been... It it kind of modernised... It's quite clear how much of that film's DNA is in quite a lot of modern vampire Mm. TV and film now. Even though at the time it was obviously ripping off a fair amount of World of Darkness with clans and houses. Um, but it did it. It did it well. You can't. You can't argue. Yeah, fuck Underworld. Um, <laughs> but you, you just can't argue against Blade because it is just such a good film. There's so many good characters in it. I mean, Deacon Frost is just awesome. I think everyone loves. Him. He's great. Yes. Um, yeah, I think that's a good one. Uh, on my, I wouldn't say it's a top film. I would have to think harder and make a list someday. But it's good. Make it yeah, it's it's such a shame that Blade never had any sequels. <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> I see what you did there. Ooh. And less said about the... T- oh, no, the TV series. It was all right. Oh, it was all right. It, it was doing something interesting with the vampire politics, and that was good. It had some interesting <laughs> ideas in there, much like most vampire TV series. There's always something you can recover for your own tabletop gaming and then yeah. discard the rest. Yeah. Or you can mourn the loss of the series, like Moonlight got. So, yeah, so the hot, so the hot naked guys are what we recover from True Blood, right? Uh, if you insist. So. Well, we tried to watch True Blood and we hated it. So you know that it's actually based on that she actually played World of Darkness. Yeah. Yes. Like, um, actually, I have a fun story about that. Um, I was at C2E2 and I was getting my version twenty signed or my V twenty signed um, by Anne Rice, and uh, she was right next to our. Why am I blanking on her name? I am having one of those days where names just escape me. Charlene. Um, Charlene 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 Harris. Harris. She was sitting right next to Anne Rice. Um, (laughs) And I drop, I get Anne Rice to sign my V20. And Charlene goes, can I see that? I haven't seen that yet. Turns out she didn't own it. And I'm like, you know Vampire the Masquerade? She goes, didn't you recognize it? (laughs) Wow. That's just... Wow. Amazing. <laughs> I'm just sitting there like, oh, cool. And, and after... Yeah. I just thought that that came to mind because I backed it on Indiegogo 
and I'm still, obviously, it's still in the work. And there was recently the re-release of some stuff, and I think current stuff is the net uh, return of uh, Sonia Blue novel. Mm-hmm. Oh. So, um, uh, Nancy A. Collins, we had on Darker Days, like, over a year ago. So... Um, yeah, it'll be good to have some splatterpunk vampires. I think she's writing her novel in response to the current crop of 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 uh, what, what? paranormal paranormal romance. romance. That's the term <laughs> I'm looking for. Yeah. So um, just call it toy tards. We know yeah, what it is. <laughs> yeah. Um, okay, we've ranted about vampires already. We got into this really good. Yeah. Um, any other particular things we've done? Favorite horror films. Favorite. Okay, we'll keep keep it short now. Favorite horror-related anime. Um, I don't line. even have an answer for this because I don't really think that I have watched enough. <laughs> you could it's... technically say maybe Death Note fits in. Possibly, <sighs> if if that fits, then. I mean, it, it, it's Death, it's no, not... Death Note was my first anime, so. <laughs> oh okay. Like when I Death Note, like uh, my problem with Death Note is like there are so many good like mental fuck with you animes like death note it's like cool we know like as soon as he picks up the book you know what's gonna happen um <laughs> so i'm sitting like it's like okay and then they introduce l and it's like okay so you've got two guys battling it out and the demon's sitting there like hey, hey, hey. Um, <laughs> yeah <laughs> it's literally the entire plot of death note is okay let's all sign things and have him and have these two demons sit there going hey, hey, hey. <laughs> that's all they do um but then you got like Class like Serial Experiments Lane is terrifying on so many levels because you can see it happening and every episode starts, even when intro crap, etc. It's an old anime with a creepy voice overlay saying present day, present time, and then laughing maniacally. And it's as soon as you start the episode, it's a reminder that this could be our life. And it's an entire anime series about um the internet torturing children, basically. Wow. I need to, um, at some point, watch. See if we can get into that. It's so good. And, like, the, literally the first five minutes of the anime, the first thing that happens is you see this little girl in her school uniform running down, running up some stairs. Um, and then the next thing you know, she's jumped off the roof and taken all the signage with her. And she's smiling and dead. Um, that is the first thing that happens in the anime is a little girl commits suicide. It's not, um, I was going to say, maybe Death Note is another one. Am I thinking of saying maybe Devil May Cry? Um, Devil if, May Cry? If that counts... Oh, no, there's the anime, too. There's yeah. the anime, which is awesome. Um, oh, yeah, the I think stylistically really. it's awesome. It could have been written a little better, and I wish there was more of it. Um, Vampire <laughs> Hunter D. Bloodlust. Is beautiful to watch. It's great, yeah. Uh, um, yeah. Have you seen the Amano Vampire Hunter drawings? Oh. Um, oh, what you mean from the original, from the original manga stuff? Yeah. Yeah, it's so pretty. Um, but also a... for horror, like Neon Genesis Evangelion, it's not strictly horror, but I'm sorry with what happened to Asuka, etc. It's horror. Yeah, um, I'm trying to think of mine. I don't know if I've got one. If there is one, maybe I need to find more particular ones. I think anime. Is, say, there's so much anime. There's so much anime. You can get lost in it, and there's a lot of obvious. Stuff that grabs low-hanging fruit in anime. Mm. <laughs> Naruto. <laughs> yeah. Um, okay, is there anything else? Uh, horror, oh, I guess we got horror novels. That's pretty... Um, horror novels, and I'm not allowed to say Interview the Vampire because I can talk about it. Um, I'm not allowed to say anything from Vampire Comics for this, so... I think maybe um, Carrie or Salem's Lot. So those are my two favourite themes, but 
mm-hmm. um, yeah, as far as other things go, I'm, I'm not really sure. Like, you know, I, I really like Anne Rice and Stephen King, um, and but like favorites, pro- probably just those. Mm. There's what? so much. There's so much out there to read horror-wise, and a lot of it's really disposable. I think not just not just. I don't mean like these days either. I mean like you know even back when I started reading horror for the first time, there was a lot of stuff out there that wasn't really worth bothering with. I mean, there's it, more of it now. It's hard too, cause like I read, I read all the. I've read, well, not all, I'm not going to say that. I've got read a lot of the World of Darkness novels. Like, there's probably two or three tubs worth in my storage locker of them. Um, and, like, it, I'm really weird about what I read, and it tends to be when I read horror, it's hybrid. Mm-hmm. Um, like, I'm not sure if I count Sabriel as horror. Maybe. Like, I mean, it is a necromancer. Mm-hmm. Um, but, like, I never read, like, standard horror, standard fantasy, standard sci-fi. It's always, like, hybrid or attached to a game. Um, like, it's weird. I read a lot of Neil Gaiman. I read, I'm trying to remember, like, stuff that stuck with me. My mom was always big into, like, the mystery, crime-solving stuff. Um, and Sherlock Holmes, but Sherlock Holmes isn't horror. Um, and that's the other thing, is, like, the good, like, crying, bloody, gory, great novels that should be considered horror... Um, like, or that have horror elements of them aren't horror, and those are always the ones I, I'm drawn to. Um, it's weird. Like, I always like that mental. It's always for me. It's mental and emotional torture is way more horrific than physical violence. Yeah, bloody crap. I don't. Yeah, because I think that's why I'm not. I have trouble knowing what to find that fits strictly in the horror genre. Well, I like. I like. Reading when when I was younger, I read a lot of like ghost stories and a lot of Victorian ghost stories. Mm. One of of, yes. (laughs) That's an entire other show. It is another show. Actually, uh, that that was one of the first things I started reading when I got into horror. Um, When I was younger, my my cousin was really into the Goosebumps book, and um, one summer. I was uh, staying at my aunt's house and uh, I, I read a couple of my cousin's books. Uh, the first one was Night of the Living Dummy and the second mm-hmm. one was It Came From Beneath the Sink, which is also one of the best Goosebumps episodes, but we'll talk about that at some other time. Um, it's, that's, about, that's about a sponge which is alive and feeds on bad luck. Which is very imaginative. So, um, anyway, I wasn't really scared of that one. I was scared of Night of the Living Dummy because um, I I used to collect porcelain dolls. But even though I have always really loved dolls and I had a I had an old-fashioned dolls house and everything, I was really into it. Um, I was also terrified of dolls, and. Then I wanted to get rid of my dolls because I was scared of this dummy concept and, you know, dolls coming alive and killing you and things like that. That's that's always something that scared me. And uh, so, but I, but I kept reading these, these Goosebumps books and, um, and my mum tried to take them away from me um, because because I couldn't sleep, but I couldn't sleep anyway, so it didn't really make a difference because I was an insomniac and I still am. Um, so uh, she never encouraged me getting into horror, but I, I would say that Goosebumps were kind of a gateway thing when I was a child. Um, but yeah, when I was talking about Victorian ghost stories and things, one of my favorite uh, stories 
is by Joseph Sheridan Fanu, and it's called Carmilla. Mm. And you know what I'm talking about. So, yeah, I, I actually, so, I need to yeah, finish reading it at some point. I don't fantastic. know why I've not finished so it. So everyone should read that. <laughs> I, I was going to stay for a second since we were talking about the night of, or the night of the living dummy book. <laughs> yeah. There was an article on Grat. <laughs> I don't know if you read it, but it turns out there is a cam girl that uses the dummy from that uh, Oh book. my gosh. That's yeah. amazing. There was an article on Grat about that. <laughs> that is wow. genius. There's a cam girl that's doing stuff with the dummy from that. Horror novels for me then. Quickly, David. Oh, what have I. I guess, again, I wouldn't say anything strictly horror wise, but have horror elements in there. Maybe. I'm trying to think. Maybe, I mean, maybe Gene Wolfe's book The New Sun because it's so weird and twisted and it, it's kind of, it's this far future Earth and it's kind of like, it feels like fantasy but it's the, it's so far future that actually it's it's not understanding sci-fi elements and then there's such horror elements in there um, and weirdness. And then maybe, oh, I'm trying to think of other books with, I mean, obviously I've read some White Wolf novels. Um, uh, otherwise, yeah, it has to be something that's a bit more psychological with horror. Um, oh no, I remember one which is a, um, a particular collection that I've got of horror things. Normally horror short stories, I think, do better. Yeah, and I agree on this that. was something to do with some, I can't remember quite, it was to do with this guy who, oh, let me guess right. For some reason, he was going to the church or something, had some issues to deal with, and then he could hear rats, like, in the walls or something, and then eventually he ended up being eaten by rats and stuff. Mm -hmm. And, yeah, I think, again, it's like, I'm not one for, like, ob you know, long stories with obvious, someone's face gets ripped off in, in, the, you know, in the writing of that. It needs to be something that's a lot more weird and... Maybe a bit more esoteric. I don't know. It's very hard for me on that level. Mm. Maybe it's just because I'm, yeah. You, know, you just read and and so and the person gets his arm cut off or broken. I'm just like, yeah, whatever, mm. whatever. Well, it's like it, it, for me, like okay, so I'm totally using the story because it's so much fun and in my life. Um, a couple of weeks ago, I went and helped my friend move. Um, and we had to repaint the wall in her apartment. And I dragged my other friend with because he had been sitting playing Far Cry for the entire weekend. Doing oh, nothing else by that. I'm like, you need to get out. Um, so we go to go paint, her, and I knew he had a truck. So we go to paint her apartment, and he goes to open the window, and both handles snap off, and he puts his hand through the window. <sighs> so it looked like something out of a horror scene. But I'm sitting there like, I wasn't phased by any of that. I was just like, okay, rabbit, etc. And it's realizing that, for me, like, blood and gore doesn't do it. I do not mm -hmm. care. Um, I'm like, I am literally sitting there covered in my friend's blood, and there is blood all over on the tarps on the floor. Um, and, like, if we were, it was literally the ideal setup that if we did want to kill him, we could get away with it there. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> there would be no evidence, uh, except for the broken glass. Um, so, and my friend Meredith was just like, what do I do? I'm like, call 911. Um, <laughs> So, I'm sitting there thinking, you know, this should terrify me. Like, for so many horror movies, gore everywhere is terrifying. And I think it's kind of one of those things that, for some people, gore is something that they're terrified of or sensitive to pain. But for a lot of 
other people, like, you understand it's just, like, bodily functions, etc. Like, it's no different from peeing. Um, <laughs> except for it doesn't happen that often, or hopefully it doesn't happen that often. <laughs> Does it burn? <laughs> Uh, if you're squirting blood like you pee, you might have an issue. Uh, <laughs> um, and but that whole like mental trauma, etc. I guessing for me, some of it's left over from being profusely bullied growing up. So I'm actually like when when stuff like surprising mental crap happens, it actually affects me more than oh look blood. There's blood on the wall. Cool. Enjoy your corn syrup. <laughs> yeah, I'm. Like, cut your hand. Like. I, I did. Um, so this happened a couple of years ago. Um, it's probably the dumbest thing I've ever done, but um, I accidentally cut open my hand with a serrated bread knife um, because uh, I was cutting into a bread roll and I didn't have a plate to put it down on while I was cutting it. So I just thought, oh, I'll just hold it and do it. Anyway, this, this bread knife was new and I didn't know how sharp it was. And um, so I, I cut through the bread roll, like, one, two, and um, I accidentally cut straight through onto my palm. Oh, no. And, um, and I didn't realize for a minute. I didn't feel a thing. <laughs> <laughs> and then I saw blood pour- pouring out from underneath the bread roll. And Chris was turned away from me in the kitchen. I was like, Chris, Chris, like, because I realized this was really bad. And I had cut very deeply. So, um... That was our first visit, and so far only, to a German hospital when we'd, we'd arrived here like a few months earlier and we just about moved into our new place, sort of, you know, yeah. you know, we've been here for a few weeks. And um, basically, um, we were lucky that our landlords were downstairs uh, because they had a first aid kit and we didn't have one, uh, but I still needed to go to the hospital because it was a really deep cut. So they, you know, they, they kind of helped me stem the blood flow and stuff. Um, there was, you know, we had a long wait in, in the emergency room and um, and then they, they cleaned it all up and I got a few stitches and stuff. I've still got the scar now, but yeah, the, the blood never really phased me. It wasn't painful time it was it was painful when you know the anesthetic wore off and the stitches were sore but you know there there was nothing else that really bothered me by it like um i think i was a bit teary because i was in shock or whatever Mm. but it, it wasn't really that i was afraid of the blood um like gore doesn't really bother me um, there, there are some things that make me wince sometimes, you know, if it's, it's, if it's really gory, like, you know, I, I think we were talking about, like, if it's to do with eyes or something, it kind of makes you flinch like that, you know, if it's somebody's eye getting gouged out or whatever, uh, that's probably doing the thing that's going to make me flinch, if anything. Uh, but, you know, for the most part, you know, I... I just really, I'm not bothered by gore. I can, you know, I can forget about it afterwards. Uh, My thing with horror being scary has always been the stuff that kind of gets into your brain and gets under your skin after you've watched the movie or something and, you know, you hear noises or or you, you know, you you think about uh, sort of the ghosts in the movie or whatever. It's, It's always to do with that kind of psychological horror and you know, things that you can't explain, like, you know, you know, blood and gore and slasher movies and stuff, you can explain. It's a guy killing people and cutting them into little pieces, you know, mm. that's easy to explain. When it's, when it's something like, 
you know, a ghost or a malevolent spirit or, you know, demonic possession. Like, demonic possession really, really freaks me out. And, um, like, I just... I think it, I think it's something like that, you know, when it's a, when it's like a, you know, some power that you, you can't reason with, mm. you know, that you can't possibly understand something that is, you know, so beyond your realm of understanding that it's terrifying. I think that's what's scary. <laughs> I have to say for me, the most terrifying thing whenever you have to deal with it is kids. <laughs> and what I mean by that is some of the shit that, like, I will, like, I can deal with demon, demonic possession movies and stuff like that. I can deal with the whole ghost <clears throat> things. I used to do ghost hunts and stuff like that. But fucking kids, man. Like, some of the crap that comes out of their mouths. And the thing is, is yes. that you can't tell that they're, they're messing or not. Um, yes. <laughs> like, the kid comes up to you and goes, you're going to die tomorrow. You don't know. <laughs> If they're joking and just playing with you, because kids just have this one look of adorableness no matter what. And the thing is, is that even when you, because you clearly know when they're lying, and half the time they're dead serious when they say stuff like that. <laughs> just a yeah. kid, like, you'll have a kid and look at you straight in the face and go, I want to rip your eyes out in your sleep. And you're just like, what? <laughs> and you're just sitting there like, and then they'll be, just kidding, I love you. And you're like, what? Just no, go away, kid. You just you just scared the crap out of me. Or um, who are you talking to? My friend. What does your friend look like? He has no face. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Uh, yeah. You're just sitting there like uh. Just, I'd be fine with it if it was out of an adult, little kid. I'm like no. <laughs> oh. So kids are scary. Mm -hmm. Gore is Gore is fine. Demons are scary. Blood dolls is fine. Scary. Dolls are scary. Um, kids with dolls, no. Kids with dolls are scary. Um, kids, no, kids with taxidermy. Yeah. Um, taxidermy toys. Uh, kid with a taxidermy toy. The like ultimate like to say character I'd love to put as the scary thing in a like the the game that I want to do with the like right the punk one. Kid rich or like. Pre-Victorian clothing, the whole Rococo punk thing, taxidermy stuffed animal. Because if you know the kid's cool with carrying around a dead corpse, <laughs> yeah. you don't yeah. know what else that kid can do. Wow. So we've done... Where did we get to? We did, we did books, <laughs> we've done films, we've done anime. Um, did some TV. Done TV. Uh, yeah. Um, <laughs> where do we go from this? Obviously... Um, how I guess this leads into actually a good, a good maybe last question. Um, how how do you feel that horror has horror as it's been portrayed in media has evolved evolved over more recent years, either for good or bad, and how that maybe how you feel that maybe intersects with with maybe issues that are more particular to yourselves and maybe ge you know gender sexuality issues and all that because Gosh, there are all lots of things really which are question. i know but it sets, <laughs> it sets the stage for future episodes i'm asking uh, important so, questions so what, here. what do you mean in particular well I'm, I'm talking about like you know how you see you know, we obviously society has evolved a lot with in terms of apparently in terms of equality and obviously that intersects with various with media in various different ways and so how do you think then along with that along with those sort of issues how do you think then horror media has evolved 
and maybe influenced by those other social things, or or they've not taken that and are still doing some really dumb shit. Well, I, I think I think really there's there's a difference between doing really dumb shit and and staying true to certain horror tropes that are sometimes fun, right? Okay. And this is what I mean when um, when you have the whole women in peril kind of thing in horror, which can get boring and tedious, but it's also kind of a tradition that is sometimes, you know, played up mm-hmm. on purpose. You know, you have you have movies like Scream and stuff that kind of poke fun at that, yeah. you know, for, for doing that in the genre. Um, and, you know, I don't, I don't think that kind of trope is always bad. You know, I don't, I don't think you can just write it off and say that, you know, it's sexist or whatever, because there are things that are problematic in horror movies when it comes to women and stuff. But usually, I mean, for me, it's quite easy to separate what, what is just you know, a typical trope that isn't really that offensive and something that genuinely is offensive. And I feel like, you know, in the sort of past decade or so, you've had things like like Buffy that kind of turn that whole, you know, damsel in distress thing on its head. And you, you've had more recently, you know, um, more strong female characters. And I don't just mean, you know, strong female character in the sense of, oh, they can kick ass and look good while doing it. That's not what I mean by strong female character. I mean just female characters that have personalities Mm. in horror, which you didn't used to get at all. And, you know, a female character doesn't have to kick ass or be physically strong or or even mentally strong to be a good character. You know, what we've always wanted is a is a wide-ranging representation of women rather than just a couple of stereotypes. And I feel like we're getting more and more of that now. You know, you, you've got shows like Hannibal, which actually paint women as people, mm. which is fantastic. Um, but yeah, I just, you know, I think that, you know, I think I think there's a place for the whole damsel in distress trope. I don't think that's all that should be done. Uh, you know, it, I, I think... It is kind of traditional and, as I said, not always offensive. But, you know, then you've got other things which are problems that should be addressed. And I think there's a long way to go in how women are portrayed in horror, but I feel it's been a lot better recently. I'm actually going to look at two things. And the first one is the state of horror cons as a reflection of the fandom as itself. Mm -hmm. Um, I'm going to say straight up horror cons are horrible. Yeah. Um... I'm sorry, they're a bunch of bros and literal scream queens. Um, like, sorority, they're literal, your stereotypical sorority types, etc. And then you have the old school hardcore horror fans, and it's torture for us. Um, and when you look at what's in the box office right now that's doing well, everything from Texas Chainsaw Massacre's crap and Saw, they're crummy, mm-hmm. made for the lowest common denominator movies to which these cons specifically go after um and that's what the the stars they advertise etc um and or what's you have the walking dead that's in there but it's always the content of those shows 
I have never been so disgusted with a group of fans than I have with going to a horror convention, and I refuse to go to them now because of it. Um, like, the amount of sexual harassment, etc. Though with comic book conventions, yes, you see all this stuff written out about it. It's not nearly as bad as it is at a horror con. Um, I will say that now. Um, also, great example, and also, of course, in Florida, look at what happened with Jake Rush. Um, if you don't know about this, what happened was, is there was a Mind's Eye Society member who ran for office in the state of Florida. Um, there were some internal politics, to which I won't get into, but a reporter um, got hold of his characters from the Mind's Eye Society wiki and painted us all as Satanists. Oh, wow. Excellent. Mind you, um, this got all over the news. Uh, Chris Hardwick made fun of LARPers, specifically vampire LARPers, on at midnight. Um, he didn't mention Mind's Eye Society specifically, um, but if you Google it, it was mentioned in articles, etc. Um, Jake did really well by going on Colbert and explaining what LARPing is, etc. Um, but still, the fact that that could be used legitimately as, oh yeah, he's a Satanist because he's a LARPer that dresses up in a vampire costume. Um, I may not agree with the dude's politics, he's a tea partier, um, but I don't agree with my fandom being turned into something that is not only to be ridiculed, but be scared of rather than the supportive group that it is. Um, and that says something for the state of horror and kind of games, but mostly horror, that that can be turned that way still to this day. Mm. Um, it, that's just, it's a bad, it's a bad state of things. And I think also with the quality of stuff that's out, that it is getting better. Um, the Walking Dead did help. Um, however, the fans themselves need a little preening, shall we say. <laughs> <laughs> um, just going to put it plainly, there are people that you don't know. Just know. <laughs> cool. Um, wow, I, I'm not even going to comment on this. May, or maybe I will comment how horrible it was. <laughs> maybe, maybe, maybe not. Maybe. I don't maybe know. Not. Um, maybe. Is there anything I can really say? No, we're, it's not, we're, we're not going to tell you to check your privilege. Yeah. <laughs> um, later. <laughs> I know, I think there's been some interesting ways that... I think there's some interesting ways that horror's changed. Um, I think there's there's a, some interesting experiments with moving away from the classic kind of tropes. I think especially when you look at non-American horror, so I'm liking things like you see like in... in when you get some good films that are... Re that are there's some good, particularly, like, British horror films, again, that are turning up. Not the gangsters with the werewolf shit, but... Uh, like, I know, again, it, it, oh, yeah, it, it kind of turns out it's not quite horror, it's a bit more sci-fi, but, like, rich. Attack the Block and stuff, because, again, it's, it's, it's that way of going, like, not all British people drink tea and watch Doctor Who. <laughs> um, and that's the same with, like, with European horror, because, again, you look at things like um, Wreck, Wreck is a one... Why did I say that in my list of three films? I was also thinking Don't Be Afraid of the Dark is a brilliant film, because we've got yes, that on Blu-ray recently. But Wreck Oh my is... god, you know what I forgot? And now I'm punching myself, because it's literally my favourite horror film, and I just haven't watched it a long time. The 
Euro version or the uh, Euro uh, let the right one in. Uh, we not the American version because the American one I didn't like. We got it though here. We still got James's copy. We just need to watch it. Um, You want to hear something hilarious? Um, (laughs) when I have my natural hair color, I look exactly like the main vampire chick. (laughs) Interesting. Um, we'll pick you out when we watch it. (laughs) Um, (laughs) Yeah. So, oh yeah, I think European horror. There's a lot more. There's there seems to be more interesting things coming out of it but I can't, you know, like say with like things like Attack the Block or things like Wreck um, I mean Wreck was really good because it, it left you rather dubious about why there are these zombies so that's always kind of good I like that kind of when they leave you double, you know, mm. guessing what, what's actually there okay, I think, is that enough? Yeah. I think we've covered a lot um, so we, okay uh, blah, 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 Speaking tongues. Um, yeah, so as I said, um, so thank you everyone. It's been great. I think that's a good start. Or oh, you can come up with topics and everything for the next one. Um, if people want to get in contact with us, DarkerDaysRadio at gmail.com. DarkerDaysRadio is on Twitter. It has a Facebook. It has a Google Plus community. It has a Tumblr. It has a. No, that is it. We have a blog. So right? you don't have a Reddit thread yet? <laughs> I know, we, we, we put stuff on Reddit and the White Wolf community every so often there, but, you know, um, and we have a blog, which is mainly me putting up toy soldiers so I paint them. Um, <laughs> but I'll put this up there. Um, anything else to plug? Um, you can personally troll me on Twitter on at, at MMOGirlKai. Um... I also should be at Gen Con with Hairbrained Schemes, but I do not I do not have confirmation if I'm working the booth or not yet. Um, so yeah, come to Gen Con and I will probably be wearing cat ears or in some kind of Lolita stuff because I've been into that lately. Um Sam, you're writing. Do you um, want to for Revolution? Uh, not really because I don't think it's the right demographic. Um, but <laughs> you can follow me on Twitter at uh, Sam Capral, which is my maiden name. Because somebody already took Sam Handley. Who is this other Sam Handley? Really? Yes, I have no idea who Pumped that is. them down. Yeah, exactly. Um, <laughs> but yeah, I'm currently writing fashion articles uh, on the Rebelicious magazine blog, which, yeah, I don't know if anybody's interested in that, but that's what I'm doing at the moment. So. It's all <laughs> good stuff. It's all good stuff. And you also write little drabbles when we do roleplay stuff. I do, yeah. And you got some Twisted Changeling stuff. That's stuff on the blog. Yep. Mmm. I, nice. should prob- I should probably edit that and you can redo it. We something. can put it back up as part I, of I this. I wrote that like three years ago. It's, it's probably good. terrible. It's, got, it's some good uh, changing the lost sexy fiction going on. Oh gosh, yeah, I really need to edit it. <laughs> so dirty. Dude, I need to finish. I've been working on a fan kind of extension for uh, the uh, Thera for werewolf since it started out as a joke and then people liked it so i'm actually working on weasels. <laughs> oh my god oh weasels oh god weasels like legit weasels like i didn't oh, think it was gonna work i originally did it just to annoy people and then it turns out it works cool um <laughs> so that's it so thank you for listening and this is where we sign off in some wonderful cool way because we're cool um yeah. bye <laughs> <laughs> See, see y'all later.